spot. Amen. Isn't it so? Man, I don't... Hallelujah. This is good. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen? Amen. Let's pray to Him. Father, in Jesus' name, we give You thanks and praise, Lord, for the opportunity to come and worship You together. Father, for not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Father, that we can't come together. Father, be wise about it. Make people feel more comfortable about it. Whatever the case may be, Lord, we're just so thankful that we can come and be in Your presence together. Father, thank You for allowing us to gather. Thank You for the folks that came early and set up. We, Father, we thank You. Father, thank You for every soul that's represented here. Father, I pray that they would prosper even as You prosper their souls. Father, I pray that that's what happens today that because we're gathered together in the name of Jesus, you will bring your word to us and we will prosper. Father, our souls will prosper. We're giving you thanks and praise right now, Lord, for your word. Father, we're giving you thanks and praise again for the opportunity. But Father, I pray that somehow, some way, that when we leave here today, Father, that you would give us a little extra fire that you would give us a a fresh anointing, a fresh oil, a fresh touch, that we will be even more determined, Father, to stand in the name of Jesus. Father, to live our lives just as Christ lived his life. Father, that we would be better equipped because we came into your presence today. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, with the sound of the automobiles on Highway 301... Here we go. We're going to begin in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I, you've got some we, volume up. <laughs> We're going to begin in verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Amen. Church, there have been, it's been a couple of weeks where Uh, I've had a couple of things pressing on me, and I'm thinking that they're going to meld together, so we'll allow Holy Spirit to have His way, and I hope that it's not me and it's Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, please have your way. But, you know, this, uh, I was meditating on this scripture uh, a little while ago, and and so many of our our members and so many of the people that we love and the people that we know, and so many just in the world in general, but for the sake of us in our social atmosphere, in our church family, and in our families, you know, so many people are under attack whether it's in the body, whether it's spiritual, whether it's praying for a loved one, or matter what the case may be, there seems to always... There's, we're be, so this, 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 this scripture is what the Lord immediately arrested my heart with and has been meditating on that. And you look at it where, where the Apostle Paul, he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And because we have this treasure in earthen vessels, it suffers some things, right? And, 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 and I like what he says, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Some of you have, have suffered in your bodies, but here you are. Hallelujah. Some of you may be listening to me right now, suffering in your body, but here you are listening right now to the word of the Lord, and we pray for a healing in Jesus' name. Amen? Hard-pressed on every side, not crushed. We are perplexed. 
perplexed. Have you ever... I mean, I I find this all the time. I I, I say to myself, I hear a politician or I hear something on TV. uh, I'm looking at the advertisements for the shows coming up where you have men kissing men and all that, and I'm perplexed. You've got to be kidding me. Are are you kidding me? Perplexed. But not in despair. God still has the final say-so over every bit of Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down and not destroyed. But all of these things, my brothers and sisters, happens to us. Listen, so he tells us why. So that whatever is accomplished, whatever glory, whatever is achieved, whatever power that flows through us can never be of us. It's to the glory of God. It's His power. Amen? Hallelujah. But we had nevertheless, and God also... In his infinite wisdom, he knows that, you know, he can't just tell us to do something and, and, and just have us do it. He can't, we, we, he's helping us to, to destroy the old nature, that nature that was given to us by Adam and Eve. He has to help us with that. So we suffer these things also that our faith may be tested. As we know, we've shared that many times together. So we're suffering these things as part of our growing And because we're growing in these things, His light shines brighter because it's His power that's changing us. Amen? Amen. Amen. But but also I need to to tell you something. This, this, This change that has to take place in every one of us, we can't get down to an altar, pray a prayer, and think that that's it, everything's good. No, there has to be this death of Tony that has to take place. And there has to be this raised in the newness of life, Tony walking in the life that Jesus Christ now provides. Amen? Amen. And that can only happen when sometimes I have to bet, get tested and put through the fire. Congratulations to our, our daughter, Angela, who received her degree yesterday. I, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But now in the process, there was something. They had a couple of graduates give uh, speeches. And this one young man gave a speech. And there's something in his speech that just clung to me. He said it. And when he said it, I said, that's a spiritual truth. And I know in the context of what he was saying, he said, without challenge, we do not change. Without challenge, we do not change. Hallelujah. That's so true. I know, yes, I'm going to speak for Tony, because I know Tony's the exception here. Tony's the only hard-headed Italian in the crowd right now that has to learn by hard knocks and bumps. Okay? Oh, all of you better be up at the altar later. No, but, 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 but hear me. That is so true. That's spiritual. Without challenge, we don't change. We'll just go merrily along thinking everything is just fine. There's no need to change. Everything is copacetic, as it were. Are you with me? All right, so let's just continue. Now, remember, we've been in, uh, for weeks, the churches, the message, messages to the churches. Amen? I just want to go through that real quick. We'll not preach that message again, but follow me if you can, okay? We started, the church, the first letter was to the church at Ephesus. And remember what it said. Uh, he knows their works. He knows their works, and they don't tolerate false, false teachers. So they're, they're working for the Lord. They, they, they want sound doctrine. But what he told them was, he, what he warned them was, that you left your first love. You're doing all of these things, but you're doing them for the wrong reasons. You're just kind of religious, or you're self-righteous, or you know, you're, you're maybe you're a little legalistic, or whatever the case may be. What he's saying is, you're practicing these things, you're doing these works, but you're not doing them because of, of your love for me. You've left your first love. 
And he warns them, you need to go ahead and make sure that you return to your first love. He actually says it this way, repent and do the first works. Or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But then he says to them, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes. To him who overcomes. And I know we studied this together and we know that he basically ends all of his message to the churches with that same line, with those same words. To him who overcomes. Now remember to Smyrna, he didn't really give them any... Uh, he, he gave them, uh, you, know, con, con, you know, he commended them, but he really didn't give them anything that they were going through uh, or that they were doing wrong, as it were. Forgive me. But he did say what he warned them about what they were going to go through. He says, I know your works, your tribulation and your poverty, your troubles and your poverty. They weren't rich people. They were in poverty. I know your poverty. And I know that those that are around you are blaspheming, although they say that they are... Jews. They are religious and they they know God, but they are blaspheming. And he says to them, he gives them a warning, don't fear any of those things that you're about to suffer. He gives them that warning. But then again, even after all of his commendations and he tells them, you know, how he appreciates, he, he recognizes what they're doing. Again, in verse 11, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Hallelujah. Pergamos. Where Satan dwells. Where Satan dwells. What can that mean? We've, we've, I, I'm not going to re-preach it. Obviously, we, we discussed that when we went over that message. But just to remind you, those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak how to offend God. Oh, my brothers and sisters, what, what he did, remember what he did. He, he couldn't curse them himself, but he told them, if you get unequally yoked, God will not be able to bless you. Remember? Are, are you with me? Somebody nod your head or say, man, I know we're outside. So, so he says to them, you know, so, so go ahead and it's okay to ease in with, the, with society. It's okay to go ahead and marry outside the church. It's, it's okay to, to, to go in business with someone who's not a believer. It's okay to have these associations. And, and knowing full well that those things will cause the blessing of God to stop. Are you with me? Okay, but again, he says the same thing to them. To him who overcomes, I'll give some hidden manatee. To him who overcomes. He's always telling these churches, you must overcome. You have to overcome. Thyatira, we know that, that they were tolerating his prophetess Jezebel, who was basically saying, you know, you can do whatever you want, basically. You know, it's okay to, to sin and, and have that sinful lifestyle and to be just like everybody, all the other non-believers, but as long as you're in the church, you're okay. And we know that that's not true. True. And the same thing, he says, and he who overcomes. And he who overcomes. Are you with me? You, you, are you getting the flow here, aren't you? Sardis. I know your works, that you have a name and you are alive, but you are dead. So you've got this great reputation. You're looking the part. You're doing some things, but I haven't found your works perfect. You're doing these things, and, and you look alive to the general public and maybe even to some of the other churches. Maybe some of the other churches or might be even be envying some of the things that you're accomplishing because they think it's me working through you. However that case may be, but nevertheless, you're dead. You look the part on the outside, but inside, dead man bones. Like he told the other religious people. Amen? Remember therefore how you've received and heard. Remember that. Remember how you've received and heard. 
you received and heard and repent. And then again, he tells them, he who overcomes should be clothed in white garments. He who overcomes. We must be overcomers. Now I'm going to skip uh, Philadelphia. Go right to Laodicea, where we were. He tells them, you're not hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And he tells them what, what makes them lukewarm. Because you say, I'm rich, I've become wealthy, have need of nothing, and do not know, you don't know that you're wretched, blind, miserable. But again, because they were well off, because they had things that they needed, because that was a rich city and they were part of that culture and they, were, you know, they had jobs. And remember that they were known for that black uh, cloth that, that you know, they, they could do there. They, they were also known for, for medical and they had, they, had, they had a lot of things going on. There was a lot of commerce that went through there. So they were rich, they were wealthy. And they attributed that to them, you know, pleasing God. They were blessed. When he says, no, 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 no. You're not, hot, you're not hot or cold. I wish you were hot or cold. But because you're, I'm gonna, you're indifferent. You think you've got something that you don't. And you're basing that on what you have. And because you're comfortable. And because you have what you need. You don't seek me. You're not hot after me. Come on. Isn't that how it goes? But he tells them too. Be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit. My brothers and sisters, remember this. Even though he gave them such a strong rebuke, he still was rebuking them because he loved them and he wanted them to repent. He was giving them space to repent. So I'm going to say this to the people sitting out here in this parking lot, and I'm going to say it to anybody who's listening. No matter what you have done, No matter what you have done, no matter what mistake that you made, even this morning, God loves you. No matter how you lost your... You might not have even given it... I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to talk to some spiritually mature... I'm about to get... I'm going to talk to some spiritually mature Christians right now. Some Christians who have known the Word for a long time. But no, listen, you might be like me. And here's the thing. I see some stupidity and it gets under my nerves. I, I, I see the, the people lying and it gets on my nerves. And so what happens is it starts to well up in me. And I've shared with all of you many weeks now, man, some of this stuff is getting me angry. And I've had someone who's very, uh, a pastor friend, well, it's okay as long as you don't give it voice. No, it's not okay. If I'm not willing to forgive if I'm still holding some oughts, if I still have anger, if it still wells up with me, and I may, I may be holding it back. Praise God. That's a good thing. Don't let it go. Because once you... What's that? Uh, toothpaste words or something? Once you get it out of the tube, you can't put it back in. Once you let it go, it ain't coming back. So good. Don't let it go. But the fact of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, if any of you are like me, you know that that... Anger, that emotion that rises up, that's telling me that there's still some work that needs to be done inside of old Tony. There's still some spiritual work that God needs to... There's some spiritual surgery, there's some heart surgery that Jesus, the Master Physician, my Jehovah Rapha, needs to perform on me. Amen? Hallelujah. So you're saying amen, so I'm guessing that I'm not the only one. (laughs) All right. We have to overcome that. Even something that I just described to you, it has to be overcome. And Jesus provides us everything that we need to overcome it. It's expected that we will be that we overcome. Amen? Alright. 
So now we see all of these things that are happening. My brothers and sisters, as we look at those churches, this isn't just God saying to these churches. It is saying, God is saying to these people that you have problems in the church. But the church problems are because of the cultures that they're living in. They're letting the culture influence the church. And we've had this discussion many times, in, especially here in modern times in the United States. You know, the, the churches are trying to, to influence the culture by melding in with the culture. Well, we'll get them in. It doesn't work that way. Here's why. You ha- My brothers and sisters, I, I don't even want to go there. Culture. Let me define culture for some of us, okay? Customs, arts, social institutions, achievements of a particular nation, this group of people, right? Uh, social groups, the practices and the way we do life. It's all, it, it, it's, that's, that's culture. I'll give you some synonyms. Civilization, society, way of life, lifestyle, customs, traditions, heritage, habits, ways, mores, values. All of those things are culture. That, that goes into that word culture. That's how culture is defined. So now when I say, so when someone like me, a spitting and spewing preacher of the gospel, comes along and starts saying, hey, we're allowing the culture to influence the church, their way of life, how they do things, the way they see art. What, are you with me? Okay? They're more raised and all that. Now, is it, it's no secret, boy, I look kind of like this. It's no secret that that has happened and, we, and it continues to happen. But my brothers and sisters, when I see this, this pressure that's being put on culturally, it's, and it's getting worse, it's not getting better, and it's going to get worse in this country economically. See, we, let, we, we, we have to overcome these things that are trying to influence us, influence our children. How do we do that? We've got to stay in the Word of God, obviously. But, my, but it's going to be harder and harder and harder to do that. When more and more of the population is going the other way, it's going to be more difficult, extremely difficult, and, and then later on, as the government... I heard on the way here. I heard on the way here. The new administration is already trying to do away with this Hyde Amendment. They're, they're going to expand abortion. So all of you that voted that way, thank you very much. They're going to expand abortion. They are planted, they're taking away, and they're making you and me pay for it. Just saying. That's okay? Of course it's not okay. Of course it's not okay. Killing babies is not okay. Period. It's not okay. But here we go. Culture, society is saying it's okay. So now we have many multi-millions of of babies that have already been dead. And we have multi-millions of young people thinking that that's okay. It's just part of the society. It's part of culture. It's okay. My brothers and sisters, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. We have to overcome that. In the church, we have to overcome it. I've, I've mentioned to you a little while ago. I mean, I'm sitting on TV. I'm sitting there in front of the TV, and, I'm, and they're showing these, oh, these great Christmas stories, and maybe you've seen them, these up-and-coming Christmas stories that are going to be out, and it has uh, two men in a relationship. And it even shows one of them, the two men are kissing. I Come on now. If that's the way you want to live, that's you. Do it and you're... Why do I have to be force-fed that? Why? Because they're trying to steer the culture, change things, and they're shaking their finger in the eye of God. My brothers and sisters, well, it's even allowed in the churches. It's, it's, and there's churches that are changing things. As you know it, it's been happening and it's, it's happening and happening. So we're seeing all of this affecting the church. And remember, when he's speaking to these churches, he's speaking to us. 
He's speaking to us. So all of these things, the culture, all of the way life is... But now what happens, my brothers and sisters, as things go on and it gets worse, all of a sudden, economically, we're going to have to make decisions. Because there's going to come a time when there's going to be pressure at your job or mine to do certain things. And I'm not talking about the mark of the beast. I'm talking about things that will come before that. What about uh, the jobs that we may or may not have if you know, we'd like to get a raise, but in order to, to get a raise, we may have to you know, compromise our ethics or our moral... Oh, come on now. Come on. I'll I, I just tell you this real quick. Uh, when Michelle and I lived in Carolina, we were part of a big congregation there, and we need to keep uh, central, our brothers and sisters in central in our prayers. They're, they're still not meeting yet. But anyway, uh, and I, one day it was time for Michelle to get a new vehicle, so we went down and went to the, uh, to the dealer, and uh, lo and behold, one of the sales managers was a brother in the Lord from the church. I recognized him from the church, so we got to talking. And I just had to ask, I said, listen, is it ever tough, you know, being a born-again Christian, how do you sell cars for a living? Because <laughs> you know the reputation that car salesmen have, you know. And he, you know, and he was honest. He said, sometimes it's tough. <laughs> sometimes it gets tough. So my brothers and sisters, economics. I want, you want to feed your family. You want to make sure that your family has a roof over the head. Well, guess in those cases, there were some people that were not part of those guilds. Remember what we talked about uh, as we were going through some of these churches. I mean, there were, you had to be like, they had unions back then. You had to be part of these guilds. And if you weren't part of the guilds, man, you were ex- Our brothers and sisters across the globe are fighting that right now. Remember when Brother John was still with us from India, he said that when that regime changed, when leadership changed in India last year, they put the pressure. They, want, they don't want Muslims or Christians. And so what happened was, if you're a Christian in the community, not government-ordered, but because people are yakking and talking and and because this, listen, because the culture is being steered by the government, so now a Christian goes into a grocery store that's owned by a non-Christian, and he will not serve them. That's not government ordered. That's community. Well, good thing that doesn't happen here. Wait, wait, wait. Have you heard some of the things and some of the stuff that's being said right now? How how vehement and how venomous some of the words are. How I've heard they're, they're trying to keep lists and, and of people. How about this? Our young people and our older people, let's just be honest about it, on the social media, they're not, again, they're not uh, just listening or, or looking at your, your, your information, you, you're using your searches and, and some of your conversations to try to sell you things, to market things. You ever notice once you look for something online, the next time you go to your homepage, there's all those kind of advertisements, Right? They're, they're, they're not just doing that for that anymore. They're steering you now. They're gathering the information on you, and then they know what they need to say to you to get you to think a certain thing, to get you to go a certain way. Now, I know that this sounds bad, and I know that this may sound you know, kind of conspiratorial. It's the truth. They've already admitted it. My brothers and sisters, it's happening. And we can see our young people being led down, being, being crushed and being pushed and being persuaded because of this social pressure. Man, some young people believe certain things. They don't even know why they believe them. But if there's another person that doesn't believe it, boy, that person is out of the group. 
Has that ever happened to anybody here? Has it happened to any of your young people yet? Hall- See, my brothers say it's happening. So you have this pressure, the economic pressure. How about this? Just pride. Do we let pride get in the way sometimes? Do we make decisions uh, not based wholly on the Word of God, but because of pride, because of ego? You know, we got to get that next thing. We got to be a little better than the next guy. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, I can't admit a mistake because if I admit a mistake, then it's going to make me look bad, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be humble before my neighbor. I don't want to be humble before God because, you know, uh, you know, then I'm admitting that I'm not all that. So all of these things are these things that overwhelm us, overtake us. We're, and we're letting it in the church. We're, we're allowing it. Amen? These things that overwhelm us. Social bullying is the biggest thing right now that I feel bad about for our young people. I really feel bad about it. I don't know what... I, we need to pray for our young people, obviously, uh, but, but we really do need to uh, somehow, some way, get together as a group for our specific young people, for your family, uh, but then also for just our community in general. I can't believe how, number one, misinformed most people are about generally, general things, history, the whole nine yard, economy, economics. Um, I, I can't believe what some people just don't know. And, and number two, uh, I can't believe what some of these people, some of our young people especially, are being pressured to think and believe, otherwise they get excommunicated from the group. I, it, we just need to... Con- so in the midst of all of these churches that are being pressured, that are being um, told some of the... Th- some of most of them have commendations, but then there's these things that they're doing wrong. We see the Church of Philadelphia. I'm just going to read it to you, and then we'll discuss it. <coughs> Excuse me. Revelation 3, beginning in verse 7. And to the angel of the Church of Philadelphia write, These things says, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, who opens and does not shut, and shuts and does not open. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength. For you have a little strength. Again, remember when I preached to you when you shared this a couple of weeks ago? You know, there are some that think that that's a put-down. That you're, you're little. You're, you're little. You're only, it could be that they're a little church. It could be that they're little in numbers. Or it could be that they have some strength uh, that isn't this great, grandiose kind of thing. But this is not, my brothers and sisters, a put-down. Jesus is commending them. How do I know that? Well, because look what he says. You've kept my word and have not denied my name. It's part of the same sentence. He says, you have a little strength, comma. Why? Because you've kept my word. You've followed my name. You've, you've held on to my name. You haven't denied my name. When you don't deny his name, that means that you're living according to his life. You're living according to his commands. It doesn't mean that, well, I'm not ready to say Jesus isn't the Christ. That doesn't mean that. When you say that you haven't denied his name, that means that you're living like he's asked you to live. Amen? All right. Remember you said that. Verse 9. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they're Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to persevere. Hallelujah. I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth, a whole world rather, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. How, when is he coming? Quickly, behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have. Hang on to what you got. Hang on to it. He's not talking about the blessings. 
He's talking to that Word, that anointing, that Spirit. Hang on to what you've been... Keep doing what you're doing. Hang on to that Word. Keep living that Word. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes... He who overcomes. He who overcomes. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let, listen, let, the, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let him hear what the Spirit says to all of us. My brothers and sisters, we all have to overcome. Overcome what? All of this cultural pressure that we're under constantly. Constantly. And even more so now. Even more so now. Remember when we used to be able to pray in school? Remember when, when we said the Pledge of Allegiance and One Nation Under God wasn't a big deal? Remember that? Those days are long gone. Okay? So it's... As, oh, that means... No! My brothers and sisters, we need to be overcomers. Not to be overcome. Not to be... Listen, I think we're getting a little bit comfortable. I think we're getting a little complacent. Why? Well, we've got things that we have to do. We have degrees that we have to get. And I'm not picking on you, Angela. I'm just saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord. We have degrees that we have to get. We have promotions that we have to get. We have money that we have to make. We have children and a family that we have to provide for. We have all of these things that we need to do. We have ministry that we have to do. All of these things that we have. We have to take care of our physical bodies. We have all of these things that we have to do. But my brothers and sisters, God, didn't God promise... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all all of these things will be added to you. So either we believe that, or we don't. And believing that means that even when it doesn't look like it's happening, we still stand on it. Amen? Because remember, that's part of that perplexing, part of that crushing, part of all of that stuff that we need to go through. Why? Because we need to change. Tony still needs to change. Amen? Oh, you said amen. So, so here's, here's what it says in, in Romans. Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Right? So we need to continue to be good. What is good? What God says is good. We need to continue the things that God has told us to do. We continue to, to not, re- when we're reviled, don't revile back. When we get mad, I mean, don't lash out. When something, somebody's doing something wrong and they're obviously in sin, we don't just go ahead and carry on and tell them how sinful they are and how they're going to burn in hell. No, we live our lives, we be loving, we be kind, especially to those who are of the household of faith, especially to those of our brothers and sisters. Amen? We forgive one another. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. Amen? Amen. Get, no, listen. This is a big deal. We have some married uh, couples here. We have some... Formerly married couples. We have some formerly married people. My brothers and sisters, th- think about this. That's the closest relationship we're supposed to have on earth with another human being. So we need to give each other, husbands and wives, benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. But we also need to do that, extend that to each other. Our children, young people, our young people, we need to give our parents the benefit of the doubt. We need to respect our parents. Why? Because that's good. That's what God has determined is good. Not just when you agree with them. Not just when they're telling you what you want to hear. Not just when they're giving you what you want. Not just when they accept your Christmas list and think, Santa Claus has checked it and I'm getting every... No. Even when you don't agree with your parents. Even when your parents are having to, listen, discipline you. Understand they're disciplining you because they love you. Because God disciplines them. 
Come on. And God is disciplining you through them. Well, you ever feel like you're just talking and no one's listening? That's the way I feel right now. Remember my teenage brothers and sisters, when your mom and dad are correcting you, they're correcting you out of love and they're correcting you, that's God correcting you. Now, we make mistakes. I made mistakes when I was raising my teenagers and my younger, teen, younger than teenagers, right? At least, hey, I got an amen from the congregation. Hallelujah. <laughs> so even then, when I've made mistakes, or parents, when you make a mistake, young people, give your parents some slack. Cut them some slack. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Because remember, we have this glory in an earthen vessel. We're still clay. We're still liable to make some mistakes. I love Jesus, but I'm not Jesus. I'm working on being like Him every day. Amen? And I have to be challenged every day. All right. So that brings me to Philippians 2, verse 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Uh Uh-oh. Just lost me just lost me a part of that. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Let me pause there. We're in the middle of this crooked and perverse generation. See, that's where all this pressure comes from. That's where listen, that's where all of this this pressing, that's that's what we have to overcome. Because our flesh wants to meld in with this crooked and perverse generation. Our flesh wants to be part of the culture. Our flesh doesn't want to buck the system. Our flesh wants to be friendly. Our flesh wants to please people. Our flesh doesn't want to tick anybody off. Our flesh wants to make money. Our flesh wants to... Come on now. But we're in the middle of this crooked and perverse generation. Among whom we shine as lights. Remember that? We have this light of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. This glory. We are lights. We are lights, and the darker it gets, the brighter we should shine. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast, hang on to it, holding fast the word of life. The word of life. The word of life. So that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Now remember, I've quoted this to you, and you know this by heart yourself. The second part of John 16.33, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So in Him, we are overcomers. Amen? So now, what does that mean? Well, Tony, if I'm in Him, I'm overcoming. No, but He's telling you, you can't, you can't veer from that path. You, you can't, you can't uh, just say, okay, I'm in Him, and then leave it there. And not, if you're truly in Him, the evidence is you're walking the way that He walked. Amen? Okay, we, we, we know that. And so, he's, be of good cheer. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. Be of good cheer. Why? Because even in the middle of the trouble, you could still be an overcomer. Jesus, I've proven that to you. In this world, you're going to have trouble. In this world, you're going to have pressure. In this world, you're going to be perplexed. In this world, you're going to have negative circumstances. In this world, you're going to have bodily injury. In this world, you're going to have this problem, that problem, the other problem. In this world, you're going to need to make money. In this world, you're going to answer to people who really don't have your best interest at heart. In this world, you're going to answer to people who don't believe in the God that you believe in. In this world, you're going to have laws and rules that don't make sense. But you can overcome that. Why? Because I did. 
Because I did. This is Jesus telling us that. Amen? That's awesome, awesome stuff. But my brothers and sisters, I think we're getting a little bit complacent. I'm going to say Tony to make you feel better. Maybe I won't make nobody mad at me. I think the church has gotten a little bit complacent. Let me say it that way. The church has got a little bit complacent. So now, remember, without challenge, no change. So if we, if we settle, if we get complacent, there's not going to be any change. In, or those challenges, we're going to continue to let them overcome us. We're just going to kind of meld in, go with the flow, if you will. Amen? Listen to this, Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. Hang in with me, we're almost done. Therefore, we must, listen, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Let me pause there. Heard. Heard. What do we hear? The Word. The Word of life in that last section, right? The Word. The Word became flesh. Jesus. Everything that He's taught us. So therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. See, I'm in Christ, but I don't want to drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Let me pause here. When he's talking about that word, right, that there were consequences for, he's talking about the law, he's talking about the Old Testament, and how how the Jews, Israelis, suffered for it, and how people, you know, they suffered. God said, if you do this... This is what's going to happen. And it happened. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. God did many things, my brothers and sisters, in judgment. God let Israel be carried off. God let armies defeat them. Why? Because they weren't following Him. He told them, you do this, this is what happens. When you don't do that, when you follow the law. Let me, let me remember this. King David, a man after God's own heart. Remember? He, was, he, he, he had it in his heart. He wanted to build this temple for God. He's, he's wanting to bring the Ark of the Covenant to him. So they bring the Ark of the Covenant in. That Ark starts to rock. And Uzzah puts his hand on it. His intention was pure. But God had already said, "This you do not touch that. When you touch that, it's all over. But he touched it. Yeah, but he meant well. Doesn't matter. God said, do not touch it. And he touched it. And he was struck dead. David got, woo! Uh-oh. Just leave it there. Let's put it in the house of, what was it, Obed-Edom? And they were being blessed. Why? Because they had the presence of the Lord. They respected the presence of the Lord. They respected the presence of the Lord. Did you hear me? They respected the presence of the Lord. David didn't understand. He was scared. Well, wait a minute. No. This is what God said. And when you... Violate what God says? This is what this Word is telling us. If those kind of things happened back then, what's going to happen to us when we neglect so great a salvation? Come on! Oh, you're just trying to scare me, Pastor. No! I'm trying to teach you the truth. What would happen to us? How are we going to escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at first, listen to this now, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord. See, the Lord came and He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And the Lord spoke a gospel. The Lord gave us the good news that through Him, everything, everyone has the opportunity to be saved. Everyone had the opportunity to become born again, to be reconciled back with God. 
He was spoken to by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Hallelujah. But we're complacent. We're com- we've, we've become complacent. We've, we're living our lives. It's okay. You know, we, you know, we go to church. We check the box. We can't allow anything that those churches, except Philadelphia, we can't allow anything, and maybe Smyrna, we can't allow any of those things to be part of where we are, of what we're doing. We can't allow any non-truth to be preached or taught among us. We can't allow the culture to make the decisions for us, all of our decisions must be made based on the Word of God. Listen, what does it say? We must give more earnest heed. You know what that means? We must listen very carefully to the truth that we've heard. Listen. Know what, know what else? We must... Let me, I, I want to go back. I don't want to mess this up. We must give the more earnest heed. The more earnest heed. You know what I mean? We must listen very carefully and apply what we hear. That's what that's saying. We must listen very carefully... And apply what we're reading, what we're hearing. Are you with me? That's what that, 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 that's what that's saying. Because if we don't, we're going to drift. Hallelujah. Lest we drift. See, I can hear it all day long and it sounds good to me. As a matter of fact, my voice right now is bouncing off that building right there. And I'm hearing myself, hallelujah. I'm listening to myself preaching. It sounds pretty good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, listen, you see what it's saying? Lest we drift away. See, if we become complacent, we're hearing this Word of God, you're hearing this good preaching every week, but then you don't apply it, what happens? You start to drift away. Then you're overcome. Why? Because, listen, you're not walking that path that Christ told you to walk. You're not walking in Him. You're walking separate from Him, and now you're overcome, and you don't even know it. I'm not murdering anybody. Have you ever noticed, my brothers and sisters, when you're not praying right, when you're not reading as much, how maybe there's a little bit more friction in the family? Has that ever happened? You're having a little bit more problem on the job maybe, or just things, you know, something ain't right. Have you ever noticed that? But now that's not to say that if you're prayed up, you're fasting and all that stuff, that nothing bad happens. Oh, but it doesn't affect you the same, does it? Hallelujah. So we must listen very carefully to the truth that we've heard, apply it. But I like what it says, let's redrift away. So you, you see that? You have that little um, picture of maybe we're being moved by something. Is that, isn't that right? The boat is moved with a current. I may have shared this example with you a while ago, but I just remember when I was a kid, I used to love going to the beach. Every summer, my mom and dad, or you know, my mom, we'd go with my other grandma, my grandmother, and you know, they'd rent a place, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, for one reason or another, this one year I was down at the beach with my uncle, my Uncle Joe. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I was out in the water by myself, for a minute, and you know, the waves are coming in, and I'm jumping around in the waves and playing a little bit, and just not really paying attention. And so I'm jumping, you know how it is, you, you're trying to jump and ride the waves in here and there, and, and not paying attention very much. The next thing I know, my uncle is running toward me, and he's got this look on his face like, <gasps> well, I didn't realize it, but the undertow had moved me a couple hundred yards away from where we were set up. I didn't know it. I'm just, you know, playing and not paying attention and all this other stuff. Now, when he sees me, he, he has this look on his face. He's like, hey, 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 come here, come here. Because I could, and now I realize how he, why his face looked like that. Because they probably looked up, they didn't see me anywhere, and thinking, uh-oh, where, you know, where'd this kid go? And so they finally saw me, and he had that look on his face. So, but, but the point being, I didn't even realize it. 
Why? I'm enjoying the surroundings. Everybody's playing and having fun, and, and, you know, and I'm just going with the flow and, and not even realizing that I'm being carried away. My brothers and sisters, this is our word today. Don't get complacent. Don't let your guard down because you're, you, listen, you're being overcome. You're being overcome. And you don't even know it. Why? We've drifted away. Don't let the enemy of your soul, don't let the culture, don't let pressure from family, friends, social groups, Facebook, twiddly D, twiddly dumb, whatever the heck those things are anymore. I don't even know. There's different ones now, right? TikTok, toe, whoever. There's all, all these things. Don't let those things steer you because that's what they're doing. They're not just making money off of you. And those people who are clicking back and forth and, and telling you how much they like and all this other stuff, and all, it's, you're not getting the real them. Why do you want to please somebody that's a thousand miles away? Let's please the one that's living with you. His name is Jesus. Amen? So we're getting, we're, we're drifting. Let's, let's not get complacent. Are you with me? All right. So I'm going to just leave you. We're going to wrap it up right now. Now, if some of you have that copy and that highlight I tried to do, worked bad. <laughs> All right? So just listen to me as I read. See, because we know uh, that second part of 1633 really well. In this world, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But the first part of that, he says, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. And what he was saying, if you remember, what, if you go 14, chapter 14, 15, 16, he's telling them now what's going to happen. Some of it's good, but a lot of it's bad. And the bad stuff is that he's going to have to be killed. He's going to be executed. And he's telling them that. Some of the stuff is good. Some of the stuff they don't even understand. But then the part where he's saying that he's got to go away. So he's telling them all of these things, some of which is very bad. But he's saying this, but, but listen to this again. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. 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 So look at, what is he saying to you and I? Listen, don't get complacent. Don't, listen, don't settle. Don't get complacent. Don't think just because you're living the good life right now. Don't know. Just because things may be going relatively, no. Don't get complacent. Stay tight. Stay right. Listen to the truth. Apply it. And he says, because in this world when you have tribulation, I'm telling you all of these bad things. I'm preaching the truth to you. I'm preaching the truth over the internet. That why? I'm, not everything I preach is all sunshine and lollipops. Why? So that in this world you can have peace. You can be solid. You can have shalom. You can be well. You can have wholeness. You won't have to worry about what the next thing is coming down the road. I, you know what? It doesn't, I know that there's persecution coming. And there's part of it that I don't really look forward to, but I will tell you what. I, this, this I know. That if I follow Him, it doesn't matter what happens, He's going to carry me through it. Because He said, He said, in Him, I overcome. Be vigilant. Be steadfast. Don't get complacent. Stay tough. Stay ready. Stay ready. Stay ready. Stay re- Are you ready? Are you ready? Stand with me, please. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for being out here. And now that the sun is shining on you, where you were in the shade earlier, if we do this again, we'll have to rearrange things just a little bit. Amen? Hallelujah. But also, the sun of righteousness is shining on you. In Jesus' name. Now I know that? Because I'm smart. No, because He says so. Because He says so. You're listening to His Word. You're gathered in His name. The Holy Spirit is in you and on you. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank You for Your Holy Spirit. Thank You for being our provision. Father, thank You in Jesus' name for overcoming the world. And in the middle of all of this stuff, Lord, I pray that You would remind all of us that we are overcomers in You. Father, grant us the peace that You're that you've proclaimed. Grant us this promise of peace as we remain in you. Lord, it is tough, especially for some of us that are a little less advanced. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would advance us. Father, I pray that you would have fresh touch, fresh anointing. Father, that you would advance us spiritually. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, that you would touch us afresh and anew. Father, even to our young ones, Father, that they, there's something that's happening in them. Father, that something changes them. Something that's in, working on the inside, Father, in Jesus' name. And let us start seeing it on the outside. So, Father God, in Jesus' name, we love you. I know you love them, but I really feel burdened to pray for our young people. Father, bless them. Father, bless them. Father, they don't know. They've been lied to. So, Father, in Jesus' name, let this word get down on the inside of them. Let it start to change them. Father, let them start to be God-pleasers and not men-pleasers. Father, let them to start being concerned with the things of God somehow, some way, supernaturally, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we lift our children up to you. Father, let our homes be renewed Father, by a a fresh anointing, a fresh touch, a fresh spirit. Father, let our our altars in our homes be strengthened. Father, in Jesus' name, let us have prayer times like we've never had before. Father, let us be given to fasting. Father, move on our hearts to fast and to do those things that you've called us to do. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would, Father, pour out your blessing on this people. Your spiritual blessing that you would pour it out on these people. Father, these who are standing out here in the sun with me. And Father, for those who are listening, Father, please pour out your blessing. Father, on these earthen vessels, that you may be glorified. Be glorified in our lives, Jesus. Be glorified in our lives. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. And amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you all. Go in peace. Have a great rest of the week.